Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's up, you guys? Sean Rossat, managing editor, FightfulWrestling.com. It is the uh, January, rather, 28, 2019. It is Raw after Rumble time. And boy, do we have plenty to get into. This was a an action-packed episode of WWE Raw. We had a lot of news heading into WWE Raw where uh, the script, quite frankly, wasn't done until about a half an hour before the show. And even then, it had been highly revised and rewritten. There was a lot of stuff going on backstage. There was a lot of new producers. Uh, I got to ask, Alex, when are you signing with WWE? Because that seems to be the popular thing to do (laughs) among Fightful alumni at this point. (laughs) I guess so. Uh, I, I, I don't know. This is uh, this has been kind of a crazy weekend so far. Um, uh, yeah, and also, by the way, apparently it's fixing to be 12 below for a high on Wednesday in Milwaukee. So anybody wants to come up here in the wintertime, they're more than mm-hmm. welcome to, and I'll, and I'll go to Arizona. It was, uh, yeah, it, it's looking nasty out in the Midwest right now, but I uh, do want to congratulate Shane Helms, a Fightful alumni. He is now working with WWE. Uh, we've had Chris Harrington working for AEW, who was a former freelancer at Fightful. Of course, Matt. We had Deanna, who signed with WWE and did some writing for us. Uh, it makes me very happy to see that. And uh, WWE, anytime you want to want to hire Alex away from us or Mr. Warren Hayes, if if you wanted to make Mr. Warren Hayes retire, <laughs> I mean, at, at this pace, Alex Jeff Hawkins is more likely to get a WWE win than Kurt Hawkins. It's, it's certainly uh, certainly at least as likely. I posted some news up on Fightful Select early uh, about backstage information. It was a madhouse there. They had a lot of new producers. They had a lot of SmackDown talent backstage, and they didn't have these scripts done. Now, when you've got all these producers, they got to help time stuff out. They got to help get stuff ready. They did not have that benefit tonight. And uh, yeah, lots of stuff going on. So I found out a little bit more about the Shane Helm situation. Originally, when contact was made, they were trying to get him to become a full-time NXT coach. And who knows? That may end up happening. He's had a couple of stints there, but they have Jeff Jarrett, who is also on board. We'll talk about more later. Sanjay Dutt and Abyss in some role, but they're they're bringing in some big guns, quite honestly. I mean, Abyss, Jeff Jarrett, Sanjay Dutt, Shane Helms, all guys who have been around the block a few times, who have been in multiple promotions. Yeah, I mean, they're obviously serious about, um, you know, bringing people who have a knowledge of what's going on because... I feel like they have a, a thing where, oh, well, you've been doing in- indie stuff uh, out there. Obviously, you have no idea how it works in the big time. So here's this guy who used to do stuff 12 to 25 years ago. He'll tell you how it works. I, we'll, I, uh, we'll, see. we'll see how that happens. Well, when I brought – I had a lot of people ask, well, why do you – what goes into who you pick to be on certain podcasts and stuff? When we started Fightful and Shane Helms was – out there, I was like, okay, a guy who's podcasted before, he's worked as a cruiserweight, a heavyweight, a trios, a tag team, a singles wrestler, 
a comedy wrestler, a serious wrestler. Like I said, every weight division, he's got an amateur wrestling background. He knows MMA. He uh, has been known to sell merchandise. He has accomplished a lot of those different things. He's worked in ridiculous angles. He's worked with The Rock and had programs with him. So, I mean, there's not a lot of stuff that a guy like that can't cover that has that he hasn't done. So, glad to see that uh, going on. It's been it's been a wild year for Shane, starting with the Royal Rumble because he was I don't want to say persona non grata for about eight years, but he wasn't there for eight years right. at all. It's true. Well, we got Raw to talk about. Let's get into it. Uh, I think that for a Raw that did not have a script thirty minutes before the show, I think it ended up being quite all right. Although. There was some stuff that just didn't matter or or some stuff that just wasn't much of anything, but at least it mattered. There were stakes to it. Sure. The Elimination Chamber qualifying matches I am a fan of, but uh, we'll talk about the good and the bad. Seth Rollins gets a gigantic pop for his entrance. This crowd was hot, Alex. They were. They were very hot, and, and that's that speaks well for them. I mean, obviously, it's the same uh, you know crowd of people who were – I think the, the more hardcore people – uh, of the Rumble crowd, the more hardcore people, the ones who stick around and go to go to these uh, Raw and SmackDown shows, so they know their stuff. Rollins says that he promised he wasn't going to point at the sign, but he has to do it. I like that he at least poked fun at it. Yeah, but you know that Vince is back there, and, and what's he saying, Alex? <laughs> is, is he saying what we think he's saying? Is he saying? Point at the fucking sign. <laughs> well, you can also point at the fucking sign when you go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Fightful. Get this beautiful shirt. And you can also point at the fucking sign. Hey, you know what? We've got Fightful shirts in gray, in white, in black. We've got Fightful Mania. We've even got a couple of the old school shirts. But my God. Woo! Have a look at that shirt. My hair's a mess. He does it, and uh, he is joined by Triple H. I got to say, this opening segment, I thought, kicked all kinds of ass. I thought that this was good placement and time-killing all around, but Triple H says that he knows this is Rollins' dream, puts over Seth, and says that Becky's going to have to make her Rumble decision tomorrow night, but the machine keeps rolling. And I, I, I like that Triple H... It was almost a callback to to their association. He's like, you know the drill, man. You know that we got to get this advertising out. We got to do this. So here you go. It yeah. does seem like something he could have told him a little earlier, though. It does. It does seem <laughs> like he could have done that backstage at any point between last night and tonight, uh, except for, you know, out in public. Uh, I, I, there are, I'm of two minds with this. I love the fatherly interplay that he has with Seth and Seth. Like just being so aw shucks, like it's kind of awesome that that Triple H is so proud of me, how far we've come. Um, but it does like forget that whole thing in the middle there between when they were like best friends and running together, and now where Triple H like tried to kill Seth Rollins several times with a sledgehammer. Like we'll forget all about that. Yeah. That that didn't actually happen. Um, <laughs> but but this is good because I like that I like the Triple H as this. You know, there's a thing that usually there's a, a disconnect between the guy who runs NXT and everyone loves him because that's the the baby of of the you know the more of a smarky crowd. 
So they love him for that. But usually on the main roster, he presents as this heel. So there's kind of like this duality there. Do I cheer him or not? Now it's fully on. You can totally cheer trips. He's your guy. We all love him. And I thought that kind of worked out really well in this particular segment. I mentioned a lot of the callbacks from last night's show. WWE did a lot of callbacks tonight. I think that they treated their audience like with some respect tonight in a lot of degrees. And when maybe a lot of people wouldn't have remembered some of this stuff, they reminded you why it happened. So Triple H is giving Rollins to the end of the night. Daniel Bryan and Brock Lesnar are supposed to be there for the decision. But Dean Ambrose comes out. I thought he cut his best promo in a real long time. I was I was just holding the hose over my head for this one, Alex. I, I really <laughs> liked it. He says that Triple H and Rollins have a, a father-son dynamic that makes him sick and that when Rollins and Ambrose were driving around in $500 cars in Florida, Triple H didn't believe in him. Ambrose and Triple H are nose to nose. And when I see this, I'm like, dang, I kind of want to see that, even though I've seen it before. Right. Like that was the interaction I was getting. I was like, damn, man, they're they're this is really aggressive and really fun. The the best line came when Triple H goes to leave after Ambrose wants a match with Rollins. <laughs> he says, Do you have to get your father-in-law's permission first? And the crowd chants, yes, he does. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think of this, Alex? Um, this was uh the, the best dean that we've seen in a long time. Like uh this this further proves that this is one of those guys that should be a can't miss star with with them all the time. No matter what they do, give them something to do. Give them something to do that's not awkwardly stand by a burning barrel and throw stuff into it, or tell all the people that they stink. And that their town stinks. Give him something to do that's actually quality, and watch him knock it out of the park. The and, little moment where 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 Triple H is leaving and he's stepping through the ropes, and Dean steps through the ropes too to meet him, and that's where he gives him the father-in-law line. Like that little touch, it proves Dean's been so good at certain moments over the years. He could have been great consistently, but creative consistently like gives him shit to do. Yeah, uh, this was really good from reactions to Ambrose's just body language. He says Rollins has never been able to beat him without corporate Kane or J&J. Yeah. Another good callback. Yeah. Showing us some respect with our memories. I went back and looked. Seth Rollins on TV, winless in his last five matches against Dean Ambrose on TV. So Dean Ambrose isn't lying. The chants were great. The Ambrose-Triple H interaction was great. Triple H says, get a ref out here. Yeah, it was good. I love that. I love I love that that was the response, too. Like, it was it, it was, was simple, and it was a way to buy them some damn time. Yes, because they <laughs> needed it. They needed um, it. I, I, I loved everything about this. Um, and uh, I also love Dean's out there. He doesn't have the weird fur-lined bomber jacket. He doesn't have that stupid wallet chain that's not actually connected to a wallet. He's not saying you people smell bad. Like this looked to me like it could have been a new direction for his heel persona. Um, we'll talk about the match and then what happened after the match maybe go, I have no idea what's happening. Kristen says that yellow is a good color on me. Well, Alex, it's because I'm eliminating over all these WWE rules. 
I'm walking down the street in my yellow shirt with a baseball bat, knocking over fire hydrants and stuff, yeah. Beyonce style. Yeah. Or maybe Titus Andromedon style. We'll go that way. Seth Rollins defeated Dean Ambrose. This was an okay match. Action spills outside pretty quickly where Rollins hits a clothesline off the barricade. Back in the ring, he misses a stomp. Ambrose applied what I thought was a nice STF, goes to the kitchen sink knees, even employs a glam slam at one point. Back from a commercial, we see them both on the turnbuckles. Rollins sells his ribs from last night's table attack, gets a flying body press, a rather lame sling blade, in my opinion. And does a series of suicide dives, misses a frog splash big time, but kicks out of a La Magistral. Rollins fires off a buckle bomb, telegraphs the stomp, but hits it. I kind of like that because so often when they telegraph a move, they don't. This yeah. was as clean as clean gets. Yes. You're stomping away. The other person's like, let's go, God. <laughs> and then they get stomped and pinned. I'm okay with this especially knowing that Dean Ambrose has beaten Seth Rollins right. like six times in a row. And again, this is your blow-off. Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose never have to face each other again for the next six months. This is your blow-off. Seth beat him clean on Raw after winning the Rumble. That's it. The they pro- need to be on different brands. How would this they should be on different brands. Roman's not there anymore. There's no right, reason to keep right. them together. Exactly. They should be on different brands. But I, I think it's more likely that we'll see them wrestle again next week because that's what WWE does. They just they can't leave a good thing alone. Once it's done, it should be done. Leave the memories alone. Yes. By the way, I know that the Glam Slam is the hook and ladder from his indie days. Most people watching this show know it as the Glam Slam. What did you think of the way that Ambrose sold the curb stomp? I liked it. I I thought it was I thought it was over the top. It was it was a, like fifteen percent more than the Rock selling the stunner. Yeah. It was just a bit much. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was nice. Elimination Chamber qualifying match. Some genius thought it was a good idea to put Alexa Bliss in her second match back against Nia Jax and Tamina. Well, what did you think of the th- of the thing with Ambrose after that he's like sitting in the ring? So. I thought yeah, it was gonna like- I, I actually had that in my notes. Dean Ambrose is in a chair on the mic. And he says, when I sign with WWE, and then we get Nia Jax coming out, gets in Ambrose's face. This has made Nia Jax infinitely more interesting than she was 30 hours ago. Well, I mean, that's not a high bar. Exactly. But but, but I'm, I'm watching this going like, oh, the last time we saw a guy lose a match sit in the ring frustrated, go to commercial, come back from commercial, he's sitting in the ring in the middle of a folding chair. It was Kevin Owens who quit WWE and then was back seven days later. So I wondered what they were going to do with Dean. Is this more of his new persona? But he was just there to get interrupted by Nia and Tamina and get run out by Nia and Tamina. And I felt like that's that's not a good sign for Dean. Well, I, mean, I, I like that when Dean got hit, he just kind of fell out of the ring. But it wasn't right. like the impact knocked him out. It's just yes. he was like, "This woman hit me. I don't want to hit her back." I'm- right. It's a. It's a, this is the thing is I don't know what their end game is with this thing. Are you saying that basically, eventually Nia Jax is going to join the men's division? Like if that's what you're like booming towards or whatever. Like this is also nebulous because uh, for years neither do I. But for what I'm saying is. Um, intergender wrestling has been the third rail 
in WWE for so long that them teasing it in this way makes me go, I, I don't I don't know what you're doing here because I don't believe for a second you'll be like, all right, now men and women can wrestle each other forever. Like, I just don't feel like that's what you're doing. So there's something else. And because I have no idea what that is, it makes me very apprehensive watching it. Do you see boxing promoter Lou DiBella speaking out about the quote-unquote domestic violence on WWE TV? And I really loved no. Warren Hayes' response to this. I didn't he was like, no. He's like, man, that implies that there's an unwilling participant, and there's not. I thought right. Warren made a lot of really good points about that. And woof, man, we got an article up on the site about it. But I, I am for qualifying matches in the elimination chamber yes give me some meaning i don't right. know how many weeks we have left i probably need to look i take everything on a week-to-week basis because ufc controls my life these days yeah. um i think it's a good idea it's a good way to add some give a shit to these I, matches oh, you, you, you have to have qualifying matches the problem i have with it is there are so few established women's partnerships that you get stuff like Natalia and Ember Moon. Whoops, no, Ember's injured. No, it's Dana Brooke. We'll talk about that. I, I didn't hate the way they did that, but but we will talk about it. Yeah, Elimination Chamber is three weeks away. So Alexa and Tamina is not a great exchange, but Alexa's added a little bit to her offense. She had to play the baby face a little bit in this, but I like the dynamic of having a couple of traditionally heel teams, even though yeah. Mickey was fired up and like, give me the tag. I like that. As Jeff Hawkins said on Twitter, sometimes their prerogatives are going to meet a crossroads and they're going to intersect and you're going to have a head-on collision. I'm okay with that. Uh, Alexa gets ragdolled by Naya, who shoves her ass in Alexa's face. Yeah, Alex? that's what happened. It is. That's, that's what happened. <laughs> I, I like that. RKO chants were directed at Naya. Sure. <laughs> She's going to get that for a while. Bliss goes through a sunset flip spot a couple times. Don't know why, but I don't know that, what it was. That happened. Nikki got the hot tag and hit a flying Thez press way better than Lou Thez could have ever done it on Tamina, followed by a corner head scissors and a neck breaker. But Naya gets tagged in, and I love the finish. She, yeah. uh, she had Mickey up on her shoulders, and she catches Alexa on the top rope. This is consistent of everything we've known of Nia Jax. She's like, sure. hey, listen, you do your thing. I'm just going to leave now. Yeah. And Nia's like, no, you're not. Does a double Samoan drop. Looked like a million bucks. Love the finish. That's all about all I loved about this match. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, I, this, is, this is fine. Um, uh, I hope they have something to do with Alexa Bliss now that she's back. Um. I mean, it shouldn't have to be in the tag division or whatever, but I hope that there's something that they have planned for her. Uh, she was such a focal point of this entire division before she she left and got injured um, that that I'm hoping that they have something really special planned for her because she deserves it. Yeah, she does. I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm also petrified that they're going to put the tag straps on Nia and Tamina. Like that's I'm I'm just petrified they're gonna they're gonna do that and I just do not want to see Tamina anywhere near a belt with gold on it. <laughs> I just can't can't imagine it. Backstage, Kurt Angle is interviewed about his time off. Now, interesting fact: Kurt Angle has not won a WWE one-on-one match since 2006. 
over Danny yeah. Doring. You know, did you see my stat on who his last televised one-on-one win was over? Yeah, I forget who it was, but it, it uh, a guy not- by the name of the Brooklyn Brawler, <laughs> Alex. Well, at least he didn't lose that match. Yeah. So Baron Corbin, I thought, did a really good job of setting the stage of Kurt Angle being old and broken down and sure. not really having a chance. Angle eats a boss man clothesline and does his German suplexes. Michael Cole blames the terrible Raw ratings on Baron Corbin because if there's one way to to convince somebody that a show doesn't suck, it's to tell everybody that everybody else thought the show sucked. I still hate this. I I mean, we talked about this when it happened. Then point out, we're like, obviously, you guys have really hated this show, and we all know whose fault that is. This performer who we paid to act a part. See, I like that. I like that because it kind of it would have been a lot better if they did it. Like you remember when Jericho and Kevin Owens were in the ring and they're like, "I know whose fault this is," yeah. <laughs> and they both said Roman Reigns and they hugged. <laughs> yes, it would have been funny if that was just like the joke. Like, yeah, we know it's our fault, but right. we're gonna blame this guy that everybody hates anyway. Right, right. But that wasn't it. They tried yeah. to legitimately throw they the blame on it. Legitimately, and they continue to. Yeah. And somebody still needs to explain to me why Baron Corbin is no longer the GM, but still wrestles in dress in a dress shirt and slacks. The, the, so we didn't cover it on the Royal Rumble. The hilarious entrance <laughs> where he unbuttons a shirt yeah. to take it off and reveal another shirt. <laughs> that was next level. Oh uh, yeah. Next level good shit. Pal. That was controlling right there. Commentary bitched and moaned about Corbin to almost a distracting what, level. Way too much. That was the problem is that the, yeah. the, the entire thing was focused on that, which is like, hello, something that happened a damn month ago. Let's move on. Like, I don't know. Angle applies an ankle lock, but Corbin gets out and hits a deep six for a win. I'm glad that, that if you're going to pin Kurt Angle, that you pin him with that. And I get the feeling there's an end game to this. I think that. Yeah, uh, they're, they're starting something here. Well, this is this is this is uh, here's <laughs> here, here's what I fear the end game is: a WrestleMania match of Kurt Angle and Braun Strowman versus Baron Corbin and Drew McIntyre because they can't figure out what to do hey. with the good things they have. As long as it ain't goddamn Nicholas, man. I saw John <laughs> Cone lift that women's title above his head, and I'm like, your whole family are glory hogs. <laughs> Angle takes a pretty damn great end of days after this, too. Yes, he did. He, he Ooh, nailed boy. that. Oh, boy. Looks like Angle needs some help, though. And if you guys need some help, our friends at onyourown.org slash Fightful can help. This is a sponsor you all heard me talk about a lot last month, but I wanted to save one of the, the plugs for this month because I know there are a lot of people who watch this show who can use some tax help. Onyourown.org is one, first off, one of my favorite sponsors. I legitimately use them. I went to them for uh, like tax information. They, they can give you like what kind of credit card you want to apply for. What happens if your identity gets stolen? A lot of people don't realize this. You can get your taxes filed for free, and there are places all around where you live that can do that. Uh, Onyourown.org slash fightful has a full list of that. And for almost any financial situation, they are a personal finance blog that provides free and unbiased information that anyone can understand. Whether you're starting out in the real world or just looking for a new beginning, onyourown.org slash FIFA will be there as your helpful guide and your biggest supporter. 
Their blogs are written by personal finance experts from the NEFE, which is the National Endowment for Financial Education. They are the leading nonprofit national foundation dedicated to inspiring, empowered financial decision-making for individuals and families. Like I said, they cover that wide range of topics, and I know there are a lot of people who don't know where to start with taxes. I was like that once. Hey, sometimes I'm like that on my own. We had a situation change. I've heard a lot of you. I've told a lot of you. Uh, my wife is in school full time now. How does that affect my tax situation? I was able to go to onyourown.org/fightful and find out. And uh, they are of great assistance. They link only to reputable resources that you that you can trust. So all your personal finance questions can be answered on the blog or by one of their resources. Check them out on your own.org slash Fightful. I cannot recommend this enough. It is tax time. You don't have to pay somebody a ridiculous amount of money to file your taxes. There are volunteers that will help you or will do it for you on your own.org slash Fightful. Alex, you filed your taxes yet? No. Better better go to onyourown.org slash Fightful, especially with that tone. <laughs> My God. Yeah, no, I, I hate Fightful. I was able to look it up. The college that my wife is going to right now, they have a volunteer uh, uh, tax return, like fill-out system. So that's good shit, pal. Finn Balor comes out next, puts himself over for his losing performance against Brock Lesnar. <laughs> really pats himself on the back for losing a match in eight minutes. Yeah, yeah. The reason the reason I lost is because everybody believes in me. Uh, okay, um, listen, you didn't need to tell us this. Like, we we understood the story. It, it made sense. Um, uh, he, I, I feel like he could have said something like along the lines of Brock, you know, I had you beat. You got me. And I lost the match, but you know I had you beat. It's a little different than everybody believe in me. I'm Finn Balor. It's a little there's a there's a difference in tone there. But I mean, I'm fine with it. it, it we we move on. That's what happens. I don't think a lot of people. There were a lot of people who worked themselves into a shoot that Finn was going to somehow win this match, and I guess it was never really in the cards. When I hear dialogue like this, I'm like, I, I hope Shane stands up to some of those writers the way that he did to me on the podcast. Because <laughs> if he heard that that was going to be the line, he'd be like, let's go, let's go talk to this guy. It's dumb as shit. <laughs> but Lashley and Leo interrupt. Leo says that Balor never should have even had the opportunity against Lesnar. Says that Lashley is <laughs> because, bigger, stronger, faster. Finn is a twerp. That's what he says. Yes. A corp like you never should have had the opportunity to face Brock Lesnar when I believe Finn outweighs um, uh, Leo by like 35 pounds. <laughs> I thought they yes. should have they should have done a little bit more with that, but I thought it was funny. Lashley then uh, kicks Finn's ass and slams him repeatedly, Alex. Yes, uh, a lot. Because here's the deal. Um we uh we didn't get to see a lot of uh Finn. I mean, we outside of the match we did, but not in the match. I think that 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 Vince wanted to remind you that Finn's really small, and that there's a lot of, of bigger dudes, a lot a lot a lot of beef out there that can throw little dudes around. And and Vince wanted to remind us of of the case. Like we know he's small. You could have Bobby slam him one once and walk away, but instead. To to build sympathy, you got to have Finn get slammed eighteen times in two days. Like we get it, 
I do like that slam. That's a it's hell a good, of a slam, man. I, I like the slam. I, I need to see it once, maybe twice. Sure That's beats the it. vertical suplex he was doing. <laughs> <laughs> ah, he, beat, he beat Sami Zayn with a vertical suplex. I would have rather him shown his opponent his ass with that pose and distracted them into like running into the turnbuckle or something yeah. Yeah. than the vertical suplex yeah. that was used. The Revival defeated the Major Brothers. And if you don't know who the hell the Major Brothers are, Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins, they show Hawkins and Ryder, Ryder's uh, former accomplishments. They have a great podcast every week. I check it out from time to time. I'm glad these two are paired back together. They're very entertaining guys. And uh, the way that Hawkins tagged in in this match, he acted like he's been waiting two years to get his shit in, Alex. Yeah, I thought that was cute. I, he's got I, some I, good punches. He does. I want these guys to get matching gear and actually be a real tag team. Like, just fucking do it. Do it. Um, I, I, I think that these guys, I mean, it's weird to think, like, this is, they showed us, they, they won the tag titles back at Backlash 2008. And, like, that's 11 damn years ago. That's crazy to think. But um, I, I'm I'm happy these guys are, are being utilized in some way, and also very happy they did not pick up the winner of the revival because they should oh, not yeah. have. Oh yeah, <laughs> I thought they might have, and that would have been like just the the the, the pits. The revival do that drop kick suplex combination. Scott Dawson yeah. has a great belly to back suplex where he just yeah. it's it's like a fall an elevator that's just caught in free fall and it crashes. Uh, Ryder counters a Wilder suplex with a neck breaker. After that Hawkins tag, he gets Shatter Machine. Yeah, yeah. I'm okay with quick tag matches like that if they're they're quick, they're to the point, sure. they advance something. Kurt Hawkins eats the loss. It continues his thing. It gets the revival a win. It was action-packed. It was solid. It was okay. It's fine. I, I would argue, what does it advance? Because the, the tag champs weren't even mentioned on the show. Um, like the revival, the revival should be the team of Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder. So like, it's, they're not like, Oh, well now the revival have another shot at the champ. Like it's just, it's just a tag match on raw. I, it was fun and fine, but I would like it to be like the raw tag team division. We're going to do something with it. And it is this. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details opposed to just aimless tag matches. At least we didn't have Lucha House Party tonight. No, we did not. For some reason, Elias, while getting Walk with Elias Chance, tries to go heel. Now, in a way, I understand why WWE's going to do this. They're, they're going to get the reaction they're going to get out of Elias. But how much effort did you really put into it when Baron Corbin is beating Elias twice in a row? Well, yeah, you didn't. They didn't. They didn't put any effort into it. And this is the deal. This crowd didn't care about those losses to Baron Corbin. They loved Elias. Yeah. And uh, Elias tried to turn heel on him, and they said, "No, we're going to cheer you louder because we really like you, and we hate it when WWE forces <laughs> yes. us to boo the guys we like. It's stupid and it sucks. And 
listen, like it was a a week into the this they made it three weeks of WWE listens to the fans. They couldn't make it a damn month before they said, "Whoops, we're not going to do that anymore." We decided we want this guy to be heel, even though you decided you want to cheer him. You decided you wanted to cheer him, so we made him a babyface. Then we wanted him to be heel again, so screw all your cheering for him. Like, what are you doing? Stop insulting our intelligence. He says the crowd should be on their feet. They, they agree. They agree, and they get to their feet. They're in the presence of greatness. They agree. They agree. And champ, we're not worthy. Exactly. So it says, then, no, you're not worthy. <laughs> so then Jeff Jarrett shows up again. Yeah. So does Road Dog. They were yeah. short on time for hour two, yeah. and they were singing Alone With My Baby Tonight, the impact of Bruce Pritchard's podcast, because that's right. the whole thing is that he brought that back. This is a song, I think, from WWF, The Music, Volume 2. Yeah, it's, it's 1995. Yeah, it sure um, was. They, they, were, they weren't singing it, though, because we could actually hear Road Dog going, I don't know the words. <laughs> into the mic. Well, the best part of this was the holy shit chance that Road Dog tells people not to do. And then he goes, I made it worse, didn't I? Oops-a-daisy. <laughs> that was good. Elias beats them up both with a guitar. Jarrett got some nice punches in. Yeah. Cutesy I mean, segment to to let you know Elias is a bad guy. That's the deal. Is if I'm assuming, oh, please, God. Jeff Jarrett and Road Dog aren't the program for Elias going forward. So I, they better have somebody lined up for Elias to work with who's a babyface. Otherwise, uh, I, I don't know, man. Like, you, you, you allowed this guy to, to basically be this, this fun um, uh, babyface version of who he's been. And then, you like, a couple of months into that, you're like, nah, scrap all that. We're doing something else. Uh, why? Why, why even switch him over if you were going to come just come back and do this? Like, is Elias just a, a shorter, hairier big show? What the hell? <laughs> Reminder, guys, my uh, match notes and ratings are up early for Fightful Select Tier 2 members. This week, I have the Fightful Report podcast. I'll give you exclusive news, contract updates, injury updates. We have Warren Hayes' 205 Live NXT, NXT UK review. I encourage you guys to check out his uh, Raw review after this on his own channel, we also have the Weekender podcast with Steven Jensen, where he reviews a lot of non-WWE stuff. If you want some more free content, Kristen Ashley's The Division podcast was out this past weekend. Take a look at that. Mojo Raleigh's cutting a promo on himself in a mirror. Your thoughts? He's, he's a fantastic promo and a fantastic actor. Sure. I don't know how you make this work, though. The like, you, you're the reason that I'm not a big star. I'm the best. Everyone knows I'm the best, but they don't because of you. And then we pull back to see who he's talking to. It's himself. Like, oh, that- he's eventually going to be talking into the same mirror that EC3 is standing in front of. <laughs> Please. That's Thanks, fully man. what's happening. <laughs> this is, I don't know, man. You tried with Mojo Raleigh. It didn't work because you decided to stop it from working anymore. Yeah. And now I don't know what this is, but I mean. Okay, I mean, uh, he, it, it reads more like like the origin story of a Batman villain than it does um, a, uh, a professional wrestling segment. Dana tries to pep talk Natalia backstage. She says, I know Ember Moon was supposed to be your partner, but I'm better than Ember Moon. 
To which I replied, now wait, just, just wait. Let's hold on here. And then she brought it back around. She goes, listen, wait, hold on. Hold on, Natalia. While you're upset, not only am I better than her, but I'm better than you as well. This was hilarious. And I was like, this, this is great. Hmm. I wonder if there's going to be tension between these two partners. <laughs> so it didn't make any sense that they were teaming together, but they pointed out that it didn't make any sense. So well, good. That's the other thing is even if it had been Natalia and Amber, that would have, wouldn't have made much more sense. No, it's just, they needed more tag teams. And this promo coming from Dana was wonderful. Yeah. It just, entertained me. Yeah. Yeah. Dana Brooke clotheslined Liv Morgan into the apron. I don't know how to how else to explain that. Yeah, but was, uh, Sarah Logan pulls Brooke into the turnbuckle in a nasty spot. This match got some time cut from it, by the way. Riot Squad did what I thought was a nice inverted power bomb and a face crusher from Liv off the second rope. Riot grabs Natalia's foot, then gets up on the apron when Natalia locks on a sharpshooter on Liv. Dana gets sent into Natalia, allowing Liv to roll Natalia up. That's a wrap. Natalia is not happy with Dana after the match. Very quick, not much to it, but it was an elimination qualifier. If if there's going to be matches that are just eh, like this, at least there's something in it. Right. Um, this is one of those deals where um, obviously there are three pretty o- obvious real tag teams on Raw uh, for the women. So those are the ones you should put in the elimination chamber. Um, but I I did appreciate they didn't just say, well, here are the obvious three tag teams. They're automatically in. I appreciate that they made up they, them work for it, even though it was kind of obvious who was going to win every, all these matches. Guys, if you all just check out the podcast and don't visit FightfulWrestling.com, do so. That's where you can go to get all the wrestling news. Maybe you're not into MMA or boxing. We have more news stories up than anybody else. And I'm not talking about those horseshit two-line articles. Talking like good articles. We saved the one two line stuff for our uh, fight size updates. Give it a shot. Maybe you'll like it. Ronda Rousey comes out talking about her dreams and aspirations, and she got booed. Yeah. Boy, did she get booed. And I'm not talking like boo. I'm no. talking like thunderous. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is the song that this is what Imagine Dragons wrote that thunder song about. This was just non-stop, yeah. overwhelming booze to the point to where me speculating, I'm pretty sure Vince McMahon said, God damn it, Bailey, get out there. Yeah, because because uh, Ronda doesn't have uh, uh, as much of a, uh, experience as some others might have been figuring out how to like handle this because I don't think she was ready for that. Uh, she was pausing a lot, and they were already, as you said, had had they had matches that had, cut, had time cut from them. So you can't be out there waiting for five minutes to deliver your lines because there's, they're booing you too much. Uh, this is not the Roman Reigns after he beat the Undertaker spot. You can't just stand out there and let him boo, for, boo you for 10 minutes. You got to get this thing moving. And she wasn't. So Especially with no overrun. <laughs> now yeah. they, they don't yeah. have that. They did back then. Bailey answers the challenge. What we got was, I thought, a sloppy match at first, but Ronda Rousey being in a match and being in a title match has just this aura to it. Yeah. Of just makes it fun. She does uh, this immediate throw to Bailey, moves to a ground scarf hold. There's a rope hung stunner from Bailey, and it just slaps Rousey's face <laughs> right off the mat. 
Rousey's knee gives out. Really awkward spot here. And it's light, but what I liked here, you heard the Bailey song being yeah. sang in the background in Phoenix. That made me smile a little bit. She goes to the work, uh, work on the leg of Rousey. Very clearly called on the fly this match. Yep. And Rousey's got to do that. She's got to learn to do that. And if they did that and this is how it ends up, I think she's pretty solid. Yeah. Pretty, pretty good, all things considered, Alex. Uh, yes, absolutely. I, I, I love the continuity of Bailey uh, coming out there, kind of sticking up for, for her buddy Sasha. I think that, that makes sense. Um, and I, I, I think that Bailey is one of those people that was, again, we're gonna t- I'm going to talk about this in a little bit, but WWE has a history of taking people who are hugely over, uh, if whether or not they're an NXT and then they get brought up, or if they're hugely over the main roster, and just destroying it, just you using every trick in their in their arsenal to destroy all of it. And with Bailey, it's the same it's the same deal. Like Bailey could have been something really special, but they had her get her ass kicked by a kendo stick in the hands of Alexa Bliss for five straight minutes, and she's never recovered from that match. Not ever. That was two, three years ago. It was nuts. And she she has the chance, uh, potential to have these really great matches. Let her be that. And what my, my, my hope is this tag team division allows Bailey and Sasha to shine and really be a chance to be really great performers before because for, for the first time in a while since Bailey's been losing a lot of matches recently. Bailey snags like an awesome knee bar out of nowhere. And uh, that, this was, is the- that was beautiful. That was good. Rousey, I love that. Rousey instinctively rolls out like what, what you're supposed to do in that right. type of situation. And they end up outside the ring where Bailey does a Bailey to Bailey into the barricade before the commercial. Ronda Rousey doesn't give a shit. No, she's no, bumping she's, everywhere, man. She's taking those bumps, man. I love it. Speaking of. This flying elbow drop that Bailey cracked Rousey with. Jesus Christ. That was snug. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. It was a good one. Yeah. They were laying it in. Applies the bank statement. A nice that touch. Nice. I like that a lot. Rousey gets out. Rousey wins with a super flying arm bar. And it, yeah. when she does that, it, it can look wild and sloppy. But, man, those instincts take over. Yep. And when it comes down to, hey, I'm wherever I am, apply an arm bar to me, Ronda's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I know that one. I know that spot. <laughs> How about yeah. I just heave your body into the air and see yeah. what happens? There are so many great uh, touches of things like that that Rousey does in a wrestling ring that I've never seen because she just is there's legit judo throws and and transitions into stuff that, that MMA that, that you don't get a chance to actually see very often because it's usually like oh this is a transition that's been used since you know gorgeous George did it back in 1953. Like it, it feels like this is new and interesting and different. And that's what makes Rousey, I think so special. Ronda Rousey wins. Sorry for the dead air there. I was finding my spot on my notes. Ronda helps up Bailey and they shake hands. What should have happened. Oh, this should have happened. Should have happened. Bailey should have looked Ronda Rousey dead in the eye and held up four fingers, and then Becky Lynch, Becky Lynch's music hits. That's what, absolutely the problem I have. Like, even if they didn't have the four fingers, Bailey looked genuinely shocked that Becky's music hit, and yes. it shouldn't have been. Like, they, they, we need to create the impression that the four horsewomen 
are aligned in uh, against Ronda Rousey. Yes. So that uh, so that they talk about it, they know what's going on. They're still a, a cohesive unit. So that if we ever get around to the four versus four, there there's there's that is a part of a story. What we saw next was quite frankly special. Oh, so good. Becky Lynch comes out with a giant knee brace on, limping. She that, says that that pop when her music hit was legendary. Yeah, man, she is so so unbelievably <laughs> over. And I, I was worried it was going away a little bit. I yep. was worried that once a lot of these people realized, okay, they're behind Becky, they being WWE, you know how, right. quite frankly, fickle some fans can be. Sure. That, that can happen. That did not happen with, with Becky Lynch. Here's, she came, here's, here's the thing I think that's really special. Um, uh, everyone who's like, oh, they had Becky tap out to Asuka. Uh, they didn't even know what the, like, that moment made you think, oh, maybe they're not behind Becky. So now I have to be behind her even more. Like, I thought it was like, that could be a masterful stroke. If Becky's not being pushed to the moon and has chances of like being, having little setbacks that allows her fans to doubt whether or not she's going to have th- those moments and she, they cheer for her even more. It's great. Whew. Somebody in our live chat says Bailey threw up the four. I didn't see that. If so. But if she did, great. Becky says Ronda's called herself the baddest woman on the planet, but the last time she saw Ronda and was on Raw, Ronda got dropped backstage. Lynch officially challenges Ronda Rousey, says that she's going to kick Ronda Rousey's ass in front of the world. Becky Lynch versus Ronda Rousey for the Raw Women's Championship is set for WrestleMania 35. Ronda says that she wants to beat the best version of Becky and what? Rhonda needs to do at this point. They need to pivot, pivot, yep. and pivot. just have Rhonda be the real Rhonda Rousey. Now, when I say the real Rhonda Rousey, I mean the Rhonda Rousey that I covered in MMA. Yeah. Not the Rhonda Rousey who is legitimately happy. Right. And this is her demeanor these days. Yes. She is a very, very happy woman. When she was on in MMA, she had such a chip on her shoulder at all times. And understandably so. Everybody said she was overrated, even though she was beating everybody. People said that she was ducking Cyborg, even though she had agreed to fight Cyborg in 2013. Cyborg hit the bricks. Everybody said, oh, well, this, you're fluke this, fluke that. She had a chip on her shoulder. She doesn't have that anymore. She is spoken of very positively now. They need that Ronda Rousey for these promos. That being said... My wife sat here and watched it. She was like, I love that Ronda Rousey promo. I see everybody on Twitter. They love the Ronda Rousey promo. So right. I guess I'm alone in that delivery. No, 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 no. That's, I think we saw a lot more of that Ronda Rousey, the one you're talking about in this promo, where we haven't been seeing that Ronda Rousey is the last two nights, tonight and last night. After she beat Sasha and after she beat Becky, she sits there in the ring. And she looks at them with these big, I'm really sorry I had to beat you puppy dog eyes. And I don't feel like that's Ronda Rousey. I don't think Ronda Rousey. That, that is, isn't Ronda. I don't, she, think like, I don't think like she's apologizing to Bailey for having tapped her out. She like, yanked a woman's like. elbow out of her socket and wouldn't shake her hand afterwards. Like that, that, doesn't, that doesn't ring true to me. I feel like, like the Ronda Rousey, I, in real life, Ronda Rousey, who's super psyched to be a professional wrestler and super happy to be working with Bailey and Sasha, might have a thing of like, wow, you let me beat you. That's really cool. Yes. Like, 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 because, I mean, like, obviously not let you beat me, but like, 
you agreed to let me come into your playground and look like a damn champ in your ring. That's awesome. She respects that. But the Ronda Rousey character shouldn't. She'd be like, yeah, you're damn straight I beat you because I'm better than you. In, not in a disrespectful way, but that's the way she should be with everybody she beats. So in this promo, though, she was dropping all kinds of fire at, at Becky Lynch. That's what they need to do. The problem I have with this is that I still don't trust WWE to not say, oh, well, one of these two has got to be the heel. We believe everyone wants to cheer for Ronda. Yeah. So they'll have the force Becky to do some stupid heel stuff. However, I think the thing that might have might save us from all that is if Ronda really is leaving after Mania. Because in that, if that's the case, she's not winning that match. Becky's winning that match. And so I think they're going to want you to cheer for the one who wins that match. Whatever. I, I, I can't believe how organically, hugely, monstrously over Becky Lynch is, and they haven't actually fucked it up yet. Rousey talks about her accomplishments and how she was on Mania while Becky was on the kickoff show. Gets huge boos throughout. Rousey is pissed, throws down the mic. I had a lot of people asking about Chris Cyborg, who tweeted she was at the Performance Center today. I literally talked to Chris Cyborg, and she said, is it really a Royal Rumble if Cyborg Nation isn't in it? I've been told by WWE, they are, by people in WWE, they assume that she's trying to leverage against yeah. UFC. She's sure. got one, one fight left on her deal. Uh, no plans for Cyborg right now. She's done a, a little bit of half-assed pro wrestling training in the past with uh, I think it's Gabby from Tough Enough or something, but that's that. Uh, this Rousey Lynch promo. So good. And this, 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 this one-on-one, and that's key, one-on-one women's match needs to close WrestleMania this year. It sure as hell does. I, I, I love Charlotte. She does not belong in this match. Give Charlotte versus Asuka one-on-one. That's yeah. good enough. That's, that is a co-women's main event. You, you don't you, you don't need her in this match. You know when she can close when it's a four horsewoman four sure, way sure. in the main event for a title. I think that's more. I think you got the four horsewomen. I think you got the Shield triple threat as legit future, right? Top of the line main event stuff. Let's let's not kid ourselves. They're absolutely going to give her at least fifteen or sixteen women's title reigns before she's all done. Yeah. She doesn't need this too. You know what I mean? Braun Strowman backstage sees Seth Rollins, endorses him, says that he earned that Rumble win. Strowman's facing Drew McIntyre. This stems from the injury from November, so a little late and all, but Braun just came back last week and had his first match, so why wouldn't he want to face this guy? Strowman tries to mow Drew down before the break, gets a side slam, and a clubbing blow to the chest of McIntyre. What I liked is when Strowman tried to mow down Drew, Drew caught him in the leg, sent him into mm-hmm. the barricade. Yep. A nice spot. Drew posts Braun. Braun arm whips Drew off the apron. Really cool looking that spot. Was good. But Baron Corbin comes out and attacks Strowman before he can hit Drew with stairs. Braun punches the chair out of his hands. Like that move. And uh, then mows down everybody. But as Braun is about to stomp Corbin on stairs, McIntyre flies out of nowhere with the Claymore. You know, if if Drew's not getting a top-level push, I'd be okay with the Drew-Corbin tag team. We, we talked about Corbin. The Monday Night Monkey Paw, Alex. Yeah, that's right. I know. Oh, no. <laughs> it strikes again. 
Son of a bitch. I, I said it. We I want the revival I, to get I, some wins. How about the Major Brothers? <laughs> well, Baron Corbin, really, I think his ceiling is being in a tag team. With Drew McIntyre was <laughs> not what I was thinking. We just left a tag team with Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> yeah, uh. yeah, I know. Uh, yeah. Um, okay, so I don't... Uh, that's my thing. You have Kurt Angle lose to, Bra- to Baron Corbin, and Kurt Angle also lost in a humiliating fashion to Drew McIntyre. Braun has beef with both Baron and Drew. This is, to me, is obviously setting up a Braun and Kurt versus Baron and Drew match, probably for Mania, and I don't care. Well, let's just talk about this. Nicholas is more protected than Kurt Angle. Yeah, certainly is. Um, uh, and 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 while we're talking about like what WWE takes and says, oh, this is a thing you guys really really want right now. Well, we're not going to give it to you now. We're going to put this on the back burner for such a long time that it loses all heat and goes away forever. As happened with Braun. When Braun first tipped over that damn ambulance, the, the crowd said, this is the guy. We want this guy. Put the belt on him. Make Do something with him. His feud with Roman Reigns was over the moon, and they wasted it. And then they had him have a one-on-one match with with Brock Lesnar, and he lost to 1F5. And then they had all this another a rematch with Brock Lesnar. Never even got started because Baron Corbin attacks him and like it doesn't they just decided we're we're never gonna give this guy to you. And you know, maybe that's just we gotta we gotta expect them to like never give us the things that we want. So that when they occasionally do, it's that much more special. Yeah, that's frustrating, man. It really is. I think that with the rights fees they're getting, they can't I don't want to say a babyface territory, but definitely a crowd pleasing territory is the way to go. Yeah. That will maybe get asses in seats at live events and, and stuff like that. And yeah. I know they're not a live events business anymore. They're a no. content business, but yeah. Hey guys, if you're watching this live on YouTube, leave us a thumbs up, please. That stuff really helps. Uh, if you all want to help us out, leave it a nice review on iTunes. Even if you don't listen over there, uh, that stuff really helps too, because a lot of our viewers come from YouTube. So we don't get the iTunes presence that a lot of established podcasts do. If we were audio only, we probably would. But if you go over there and leave us a nice review, that helps more people find us. It helps uh, us do more shows, uh, longer shows, all that good stuff. So if you want to support us, do that. We are on podcast platforms everywhere. iHeart, SoundCloud, uh, iTunes, Spotify, all over the place. Daniel Bryan backstage early in the night is with Rowan and says that he'll end Rollins' WrestleMania hopes tonight. As it turns out, no, he won't. No, that, I like that. That was actually uh, a really good, um, like, fake out. Because I fully expected to see an interaction with, with the two champs and Rollins, and we never got to see it. But I was but clock watching. It was a really good way of actually making us believe something was going to happen. And why not? I mean, SmackDown runs in the same building tomorrow. It's not like they had to fly in Daniel Bryan to make that happen. Yeah, I was clock watching, man. I saw that, and I was like, 1057, 1058. Yep. Yep. He ain't coming out. I liked it. And now Daniel Bryan can say, Seth Rollins would rather fight Brock Lesnar than me. Yeah. How scared must he be? Absolutely. I like it. We'll talk more about Daniel Bryan's plans tomorrow, but he's there with Rowan. It was a nice visual. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Seth Rollins is introduced, but Brock Lesnar's music interrupts. Heyman says that Rollins needs to challenge Daniel Bryan. 
Rollins comes out and attacks Lesnar, but gets F5'd five times, yeah. including once on the title. Yeah. I don't know why he's conscious here. No. It doesn't no, make any sense. And I get it. You're, you're establishing that the guy has heart, that he's a tough guy. But he's like, is that all you got? And I'm like, man, you should be in a coma. Yeah. The F5, um, like, there's got to be like a, a, a – all finishers should have like a, a hit points meter. Like, each finisher done by the, the, the a certain person, like, actually hits you and, and knocks you out with one or two or whatever. Like – the fact that the, that the F5 finishes guys in the middle of a match with one of them um, doesn't shouldn't allow for you to take five of them and be like, is that all you got? That I don't think that's, that's I don't think you're allowed to do that. Yeah. Um. Uh. I will say that I do love and I I hope I appreciate that I think they will use this in the continuity of Seth Rollins coming in, cashing the money in the bank, beating Lesnar, uh, getting the title from him. And then when Lesnar finally got his match versus Seth Rollins to get the title back later that summer, remember that was uh, that he was just mauling Seth Rollins. This is back when Brock was super babyface. And then all of a sudden, the Undertaker showed up mm-hmm. in the middle of that match, and the everybody goes off the air after the Undertaker has has is breaking up that match. Seth and Brock never had a rematch following that. So right. I like that there's 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 a lot of history between these two back when they were on the opposite sides of the spectrum, so that you could actually draw on that. We go off the air with Brock Lesnar delivering a sixth F5. The, they, they really need to – Michael Cole really needs to get on the Tony Schiavone thing if there's going to be a hard network out. He's not going to be like, oh, we're out of time. The tape machines are rolling. He needs to get like in that thing if we're actually going to go out as Seth is bouncing off the canvas. They have a network for that. Yeah. That's true. Speaking of the network, they're going to do halftime heat this weekend. I am very strongly considering doing a live watch along. I think that would be quick, harmless, and a lot of fun. It'll be on YouTube. It'll be everywhere. So look for that. Also look for Listen Your Boy, Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern. Myself, Fightful founder, Jimmy Van. It is. If you think this show is relaxed, my God, that show, it's a good one. You'll want to tune in. Going to hear more of my conversation with Triple H. I talked to him about several things over the last week, but it's been a long week and it kind of wraps up on Tuesday. Alex, it's going to be weird when Friday is the start of the wrestling week on these big weekends. Like, we're going to have Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. It's yeah, going to be I, weird. I still don't know how you do the go home. Smackdown on Friday before the big pay-per-view on Sunday. It's a weird, it's a weird thing. I don't, I, it's gonna, it's gonna be interesting to see how that, how that works out, but I'm sure they'll, they'll figure it out. I mean, they're a multi, multi, multi-million dollar company. They'll figure something out with it. Uh, update on Ember Moon, by the way. She has uh, an elbow injury that will require immediate surgery. WWE has announced. That is a bummer. I yeah. hope she's back for WrestleMania, even if she's just in the Battle Royal. That would be a nice if she's back in time for that and she is like the last person to come out. Yeah. That would be nice. Uh, get well soon to Ember Moon. Ah, oh, that's a bummer. Yeah, she's but, she's long been a favorite of mine, and uh, I, I, I hope this isn't one of those things where, oh, you were injured? Well, then, nuts to you. Like, I feel like uh, they... She's so special. I hope when she comes back, she's not bumped way down the card because of some kind of weird 
consequences of having gotten injured. Try to find out more about that Ember Moon injury. For now, you all can follow Alex at Palowski the Fourth. You can follow me at Sean Ross Sapp. But hit up FightfulWrestling.com. Obviously, our wrestling is what we're known most for. But on the MMA side of things, James Lynch did some outstanding work at Bellator 214 this weekend, including interviews with Josh Rafferty, who trains the likes of – he's trained with and uh, helped train like Roderick Strong, Sheamus, Dave Batista. Jack Swagger, a lot of these people, uh, and James Lynch has an interview with him. I'll probably put it on the Pro Wrestling channel as well. But head over to YouTube.com slash Fightful MMA Boxing. Show that a little bit of support. Thank you guys for being here. This was an outstanding podcast. We had over 1,500 live viewers last night and a lot tonight. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate every one of you. Until next time, we're out.